This podcast is sponsored by Baxter Healthcare Corporation. When you choose Baxter for your CRRT program, you're not only choosing true patient-focused treatment with industry-leading CRRT technology, you're also selecting a partner dedicated to optimizing your clinical success in treating patients with acute kidney injury. Our commitment to you starts with a program individualized to your facility's needs and provides complete support every step of the way. For more information, visit us at www.renalacute.com. Baxter Healthcare Corporation has provided funding for this podcast, but all content was developed independently by the presenter. Therefore, the views expressed on the podcast are those of the speaker and should not be attributed to Baxter Healthcare Corporation. For prescription use only, for the safe and proper use of this product, please refer to the operator's manual. Hello, and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Parker. Today, I will be speaking with Rashid Alobadi, MD, on his article titled, Population-Based Epidemiology and Outcomes of Acute Kidney Injury in Critically Ill Children, recently published in Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. To access the full article, visit pccmjournal.org. Dr. Alabedi is Assistant Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Alberta Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, welcome, Dr. Alabedi, and glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you today. Would you start by giving us some background on what we know about acute kidney injury in children and what led you to do your study? Uh, yes. Since the introduction of the first consensus AKI definition in the early 2000s, uh, there has been accumulating da data both in adults and children to evaluate AKI. Um, overall, the data provide consistent evidence to indicate that the incidence of AKI is high particularly among hospitalized patients with acute illness. Um, the evidence also suggests that AKI is an important modifier of outcomes uh, in those patients, affecting both uh, short and long-term outcomes. Um, uh, the population-level incidence of AKI um, has yet to be described in uh, the pediatric population. Uh, there has been several pediatric studies that uh, evaluated AKI. Uh, however, the findings across these studies have been variable, uh, mainly due to differences in study design, AKI definition, and the case mix uh, included in those cohort studies. The most recent AKI definition that was introduced by uh, Kidney Disease Improving Global Outcomes Work Group in 2004 utilizes both um, uh, serum creatinine and urine output uh, to define and assess severity of AKI. The majority of the um, uh, studies that have been published uh, using this definition have not utilized the uh, urine output part of the uh, definition. Um, uh, so we felt that uh, there is a um, possibility to improve our understanding of uh, AKI by conducting a study um, uh, evaluating um, these uh, limitations and trying to um, uh, assist them in a larger cohort population-based. So how did you do this study? So uh, the study was designed as um, um, a population-based uh, retrospective cohort study. We um, included all the patients that were admitted to uh, PICUs in the pro 
province of Alberta, Canada over a one-year period. And we aim to assess AKI uh, using the most recent uh, definition, uh, utilizing both um, creatinine criteria as well as uh, urine output. We looked at uh, different um, baseline characteristics and potential risk factors, and we evaluated their association with AKI using multivariate um, analysis. Uh, and after that, um, we evaluated the association uh, between AKI and different outcomes, um, again, using multivariate uh, analysis. Did you require uh, both creatinine and urine output criteria to define AKI, or did you use either one or both? Excellent question. So the way we uh, we defined AKI uh, was according to um, the uh, Kadigo consensus guidelines. Um, so uh, we use both criteria, and when both criteria resulted in different stages of AKI, we use the greater severity um, uh, as a stage of AKI. We use baseline uh, serum creatinine, defined as the lowest serum creatinine in the three months preceding admission. Uh, and when baseline creatinine was not available, uh, we used the average serum creatinine norms for age and sex uh, used in Alberta clinical uh, laboratories. Um, we used um, urine output um, uh, in all our patients. All of the patients had um, uh, urine output recorded, and on all of them, the criteria was uh, applied. If the patient had only uh, one serum creatinine measured during their BICU admission, uh, the criteria of absolute serum creatinine increase um, uh, was not applied. And based on um, the uh, previous uh, studies, both in adult and children, that showed that uh, stage 2 and stage 3 of um, AKI were associated with worse outcome, uh, we, we defined those stages as severe AKI. What were your primary and then secondary results? So, uh, as I mentioned, the specific objective was um, to describe the population level incidence of AKI, and uh, our other objectives was um, were to describe the characteristics of AKI and evaluate the risk factors and um, assess its association with uh, with outcomes. So, in terms of incidence of uh, AKI. Uh, well, we found that um, AKI occurred in about 30% of, of the patient. And of those, 60% had uh, stage 1 AKI, while 40% had severe AKI. Uh, the population level incidents were um, 34 per 100,000 uh, for all cases of AKI. And for severe AKI, um, uh, 14 per uh, 100,000. We found that uh, male patients and infants younger than one year of age were uh, at more risk of developing AKI. And in terms of uh, clinical factors, severity of illness, um, uh, the receipt of inotropic support, and uh, fluid overload were, uh, were the clinical criteria that were found to be uh, associated uh, with the development of AKI on multivariate analysis. In terms of outcomes, um, AKI uh, was consistently associated with worse outcomes. Severe AKI had um, association with uh, increased BICU mortality, hospital mortality, and one-year mortality. Patients who had severe AKI, uh, on average, had uh, three days longer mechanical ventilation compared to those with no severe AKI. They also received vasoactive support for longer period of time. 
and uh, stayed in the ICU longer, on average um, almost four days longer mm-hmm. and about um, 12 days longer uh, in the hospital. Could you talk a little bit about the strengths and limitations of your study? Uh, yes. Um, the biggest strength of the study is that it shows consistency and um, estimates of the incidence of AKI. The largest um, study that was conducted um, in describing AKI in children was published uh, two years ago, the AWARE study, um, and it used also the Kadigo criteria. Uh, our study showed consistency in finding between uh, AWARE and our findings and um, suggests that Kadigo criteria is robust for discriminating cl- clinically relevant outcome in pediatric populations. Um, in addition, our study described long-term implication of AKI, which has been infrequently described in the pediatric literature. The study um, underscored the importance of using the urine output criteria. About half of the patients um, who developed AKI after the first 24 hours would have been missed if the urine output criteria was not applied. Um, we identified uh, three important factors that um, are associated with AKI, uh, and one of them is potentially uh, modifiable. Fluid overload is uh, something that has uh, been receiving lots of attention in recent years in terms of um, its association for acute kidney injury. And our study definitely provide a strong basis to study uh, the potential impact of fluid overload in the future. The study um, used prospectively electronically collected data with no missing data points. And it's one of the largest pediatric study to investigate AKI uh, using both criteria. We were able to evaluate AKI for, during the entire PICU stay, uh, which is something that was not done in other uh, AKI studies in pediatrics. Uh, in terms of um, uh, limitations, the obvious limitation is the observational design of the study. And as such, we cannot definitively confirm the causal relationship between AKI and clinical outcomes. The retrospective design limited our ability to uh, account for some important interventions, such as exposure to nephrotoxins and use of uh, diuretics. Also, baseline creatinine was not available for about half of the patients. Uh, However, similar figures have been described in other pediatric studies and can be explained that a majority of children usually have no comorbidities to necessitate evaluating creatinine in the community. What are the implications of your study for the pediatric intensivist? What should we do with this information? Uh, I think the to answer this question, it has two folds. The first fold is um, uh, at the bedside and uh, day-to-day uh, practice. I think what this study uh, highlights is the importance of uh, enhanced uh, surveillance of AKI. And again, as I mentioned, the importance of measuring urine output and um, applying it in uh, diagnosing uh, AKI. The study also identified a potential modifiable factor, um, uh, which is fluid overload, and and highlight the importance of keeping that in mind when when prescribing and managing uh, fluid in critically ill uh, children. The second fold, I think, uh, when it comes to um, uh, the topic of AKI in general, I think the study um, uh, provide another uh, element of highlighting the importance of evaluating the burden of AKI and and devising preventative and uh, therapeutic strategies. Specifically, when it comes to um, AKI uh, research, the topic of AKI and fluid overload association uh, is, I think, an important topic that needs to be investigated further. 
The study also provides some insight to potential differences in the clinical phenotype of AKI, um, late versus early AKI, um, AKI diagnosed based on urine output criteria versus creatinine criteria or both, and also um, uh, the importance of uh, evaluating long-term outcomes. The study suggests that patients who have AKI during critical illness are at risk of long-term mortality, and we definitely need to explore that further to understand what's the mechanisms and uh, uh, the potential factors that we can use to reverse this risk. Can I just go back a little bit to you know, how you did the study? You said you measured urine output. How did you measure urine output in these children? Excellent question. Um, to, uh, to answer that, I think it should uh, um, explore more about the sources of the study data. So uh, we use um, uh, a bedside clinical information system, which collect, um, document and collect demographics, agnostics, and hour-to-hour um, uh, -hour vital signs and urine output and other interventions at the bedside. So um, in terms of how is that uh, measured, patients who have fully catheter their urine output is measured in the system on an hourly basis. For patients who um, didn't have fully catheter, the urine output was averaged over uh, the shift and uh, measured accordingly. This is our practice on all the PICUs in Alberta to uh, have a close assessment and accurate ins and outs of all the patients admitted to, to the ICU. And it's definitely a practice that um, I would, based on the study findings, I would suggest that other ICUs should be uh, incorporating in their practice. Do you have any additional thoughts that you'd like to put out there, any comments you'd like to make? I think you've done a, a really important study and made a very relevant contribution to the literature and you outlined for us where we what additional studies need to be done. Do you have additional comments you'd like to make? I think I would like to summarize again the importance of surveilling our patients for uh, the possibility of having AKI. The, the literature is, is strongly indicating that patients uh, die from AKI, not with with AKI. So us as intensivists, we should, we should be paying uh, more attention to the possibility for patients being at risk or having AKI. And accordingly, we should try to minimize risk factors and, and manage those patients with, um, with extra um, consideration, hopefully, hopefully trying to minimize the potential risk associated with the development of AKI. Do you have thoughts on how the critically ill child should be monitored for AKI? You know, obviously you talked about the importance of monitoring urine output. Um, what about creatinine? How often, how, you know, how much blood should we be drawing on these kids? Do you have thoughts about that or what's your practice? Yes. Um, so, so when it comes to um, how, how we should uh, be monitoring uh, our patients for AKI, I think the the bare minimum is to assess creatinine and, and urine output, depending on the severity of the presentation and, and the clinical picture. Um, so continuous monitoring of urine output, I think, is, is a good point uh, to start. Um, when it comes to uh, measuring creatinine, I think, depending, again, on the clinical picture and presentation, frequent assessment of, of uh, creatinine is, is something uh, to be considered. Our practice, in, in, uh, or at least from what we observed from the 
the study that most of the patients who were um, admitted to the PICUs in Alberta had measured serum creatinine um, at least once during um, uh, their ICU admission. So those, those two points, I think, is, is, is a good point to start. Um, some work has been done about the validation and assessment of risk stratification criteria. And I would refer the listeners to um, the work that has been done on the renal uh, angina um, criteria and, and its uh, ability to discriminate those which patient will be uh, at risk, at high risk of developing AKI. Um, moving forward, I think uh, the validation and assessment of novel AKI biomarkers will have um, uh, hopefully add uh, more weight and uh, more clarification on uh, to the diagnosis and assessment of AKI in, in critically ill children. And, and based on that, um, I think we should we should have quality improvement initiatives to decrease um, risk factors, things like uh, nephrotoxic uh, uh, exposure and patients who we, we deem at high risk of AKI. Um, as I mentioned, decrease a fluid overload and the risk of fluid overload in, in critical L patients, I think, is, is a potential modifiable factors. And, and, and those who, who have established um, AKI, I think there's more, more work need to be done about the evaluation of renal replacement therapy strategies in terms of time, technique, and dose. Uh, there's definitely uh, more, more room to uh, explore uh, definitive uh, strategies. Thank you very much for those thoughts and for your interesting paper and your interesting comments. Appreciate your being here today. Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, very excited to uh, share our paper with the listeners. Thank you. We have been talking today with Dr. Rashid Alobedi from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, about his article, Population-Based Epidemiology and Outcomes of Acute Kidney Injury in Critically Ill Children, published in Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. This concludes another edition of the iCritical Care podcast. For the iCritical Care podcast, I'm Dr. Margaret Parker. This podcast is sponsored by Baxter Healthcare Corporation. When you choose Baxter for your CRRT program, you're not only choosing true patient-focused treatment with industry-leading CRRT technology, you're also selecting a partner dedicated to optimizing your clinical success in treating patients with acute kidney injury. Our commitment to you starts with a program individualized to your facility's needs, and provides complete support every step of the way. For more information, visit us at www.renalacute.com. Baxter Healthcare Corporation has provided funding for this podcast, but all content was developed independently by the presenter. Therefore, the views expressed on the podcast are those of the speaker and should not be attributed to Baxter Healthcare Corporation. For prescription use only, for the safe and proper use of this product, please refer to the operator's manual. Margaret Parker, MD, MCCM, is Professor Emeritus of Pediatrics at Stony Brook University in New York. She is a former president of the Society of Critical Care Medicine. She is currently serving as Associate Editor of Critical Care Medicine and Senior Associate Editor of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. The iCritical Care podcast is the copyrighted material of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, and all rights are reserved. 
Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion or endorsement on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, its officers, volunteers, or members, or that of the podcast commercial supporter.